Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists out there. Welcome to Rocky Talkie, the podcast about anything and everything Rocky Horror. I'm Aaron. I'm Meg. And that's it. It's that's, just us this week. That's all we got. I hope we're enough. <laughs> I think we're enough. Oh, we're definitely enough. We might be too much. <laughs> Often. <laughs> Often, yeah, no. Jacob and John are off exploring the nether regions of their pants this week, so it is just us. You're gonna have to put up with our delightful banter this afternoon, but uh, yeah, we're so excited you could join us, and uh, let's get into it. Oh, oh, I'm forgetting. But before we do, what what'd you do, sweetie? What have you been up to? Oh my God, what have I been up to? Um, so here's a fun story about us, some some insight into our lives. Uh, you should probably go first because you are away this week. You're in North Carolina. I am. My uh, my parents are down in North Carolina. My uh, dad got hit by a truck, and that is not a metaphor, a euphemism, or any kind of uh, fun thing. No, he got hit by a truck. Everything's fine. He's good. A few broken ribs, uh, but I had to come down here, help out a little bit. Uh, so we are recording this uh, instead of a few rooms apart, a few states apart. Yeah. So um, what I've been doing this week since you've been gone, we had a show on Monday uh, at Labor Day at Our Wicked Lady. It was a really fun rooftop show. And since then, I have been holed up in our apartment in Manhattan all alone. I don't know if it's day or night outside because we don't have any windows. And also it's raining nonstop. So it's like the same shade of gray out there. Uh, time doesn't exist anymore. It's just me and the animals chilling. The apartment's super clean, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> Ooh, um, I'm excited for that. Yeah, but I I have just I've gone feral. I've gone fully feral, and I sleep when I'm tired, and I work when Slack pings me, and I haven't been outside since Monday, which is fun. I do have some new cast interviews lined up for tomorrow. I'm going to do that with John. It's supposed to be pretty nice weather, so I'm really excited to, like, see the sun and have to be a person. Oh, you're going to put on some pants? No, probably not, but... All right. You know, don't... don't That's fair. Don't, I mean, you, you not they're on not even on... They're not on <laughs> cast yet. You don't, you don't need to do anything special. Oh... But it, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we definitely need to bring some new blood onto the cast because it's Halloween season already. September the 1st hit. That means it's Halloween and we are in full Halloween mode. Absolutely. I know uh, we had some guests in town this weekend too, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had Justin come hang out at the house um, just just to chill this weekend. We had a lot of fun. They they got together with um with me with Michelle our friend Michelle Pear Lola Montez who does all the crazy art, and one of our other cast members Eric and we did photo shoots and they were incredible they were so much fun Justin did our makeup we went out clubbing and then um Eric came by one of the days and we took pictures all up and down Fifth Avenue he was dressed like this eighties punk rock star I'm sure you'll see these pictures all over on social media once they go up. And uh, we took those pictures in Central Park, too. They were so much fun. All the tourists were, like, gawking at us. Um, yeah. Plus, we got to go clubbing. That was great, and to, too. And to offset the uh, the tiny, tiny stature of Justin, uh, Ogre was in town as well. Yes, Ogre was here. He came up for our show on Labor Day. And it was so funny. It timed out so perfectly. He happened to be in the city uh, just on some family business. And... He wanted to hang before the show, as you do when you're in town and Rocky's happening. 
And it just so happened that I was teaching Eddie to one of our newest performers, Shelby. And Ogre was like, hey, you guys around? And I was like, yeah, hey, you want to teach Eddie? So Shelby <laughs> ended up getting the best Eddie tutorial any new performer could ask for. It was really, really funny to watch them learn the dance together because Shelby is five foot three and there's a little tiny bit of a height disparity there, but it was fun to watch and Shelby did a great job and it was very sweet for Ogre to be able to see his new apprentice on stage for the first time right after he taught them. So that was great. That's fantastic. I'm a little sad that I wasn't up there. I, uh, I may have been doing Eddie for almost 20 years at this point, but uh, I'd take a brush-up session with Ogre. Like, <laughs> next time. That man's fucking awesome. Yeah, no. Next He's time. incredible. Yeah, we like stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning just shit-talking about scary movies and our favorite like slasher fix. It was a lot of fun. Definitely not talking about Rocky Horror Community drama, I'm sure. Absolutely not, actually. We talked about every single cult horror movie we have ever seen and liked and really not about rocky horror stuff at all it was a really nice break <laughs> <laughs> i believe it i believe it all right guys with that let's uh kick it on over to some global news do, 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 do. All right, guys, first up in global news, this one's really exciting. We have a new announcement from the company Golden Goose, who is managing all of the merchandising rights for the 50th anniversary for the Rocky Horror stage show. No, our apartment's going to be even more filled with Rocky shit. Well, maybe. Let's run down this announcement, and it, it was really interesting because a couple months ago, the announcement came out that this uh, Golden Goose was going to be running the merchandising rights, you know, uh, for the 50th anniversary for the stage show. Mm -hmm. They had an they had announced that there were a couple of companies that were they were talking to, um, but we finally got a little bit more information. Uh, this was teased out just the other day, and they said. Yeah, Golden Goose announced that they have new license agreements in place with some companies. They've got, first and foremost, the name that they dropped is a bag costume company called Smiffy's. Um, and they do kind of discount Halloween, uh, spirit Halloween kind of bag costumes. Right now, they don't have a lot of Rocky Horror stuff. I did like a search online. They have a, you know, a couple of sequined bow ties. They've got like some fishnets and some underwear they do have a gold like foil dot tailcoat. They have some gold shorts. But aside from that, not a lot of Rocky Horror stuff. They have like a sexy made lingerie kind of thing. Nothing licensed. Nothing that really has to do with the show. It's just sort of stuff that's vaguely tagged. So it looks like we might be getting some new, at least some new bag costumes, which honestly aren't a bad place to start. I know that Buffalo recently dropped some some videos on their social media about starting with bag costumes and using them as a base or even using them like on stage because there's no wrong way to Rocky and we don't got to get uppity about the bag costumes. So I think it'll be nice to have some new like fresh meat in that kind of situation. 
pipe dream here, though. Maybe, maybe, maybe we will actually get some premium costumes, right? You know, those kind of higher-end Halloween-style costumes, the ones you got to spend, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks for? That'd be really cool. I don't know what you'd even do with that, though. Like, a corset that's not just a piece of fabric? Like... That would be pretty nice. I mean, even if we could get some corsets that are lined or something, even if they got plastic boning, how easy is it to take the boning out and swap it out for steel? Like, honestly, that's an hour-long job. Or you know what? Dream scenario. Maybe these are wigs. That'd be cool, right? Some actual wigs that don't suck. Yo, <laughs> wigs would be pretty incredible. <laughs> um, well, we're we're great. just speculating. We're just speculating here. They haven't announced anything as far as what's going to be coming out. Just that Smithies, that's the costume company, is going to be handling some of the merchandising. And interestingly, because it's the Rocky Horror Show right and not the rocky horror picture show maybe we're gonna get some bag costumes based on the stage show that would be neat that would be cool as fuck because the stage show stuff is more modernized which is a lot of fun and it would be cool to see some of that like brought into the zeitgeist i feel like our community is already really doing away from like the screen accurate screen accurate so again getting some kind of new modern takes in there would be good yeah, all you Rockies out there, get ready to have your leopard print thong. <laughs> yeah, really, uh, which I'm totally here for. I will say I'm scrolling through the Smithies website right now, and they've got some nicer stuff, but I don't see anything here that I would classify as a deluxe costume. So make yeah, of that it, what you will. It, yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's all, uh, what do you call it, foil dot kind of sequin material, um, but they, they seem to be pretty clear that they have a, uh, a wide variety of fishnets and stockings and things, so we'll see. We'll see what comes of this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Second on the list that was announced as part of this uh, press release, uh, we're going to get some comic books uh, put out by Dark Horse Comics. That's exciting, and I wonder if that's new stuff or if that's reprinting of the og comics do we know who published those i don't think it was dark horse but they may have been acquired at some point the original company that did them who really knows again this is rocky horror show not rocky horror picture show so i don't know if there's crossover there and we might just be reprinting them boy would i kill to see a rocky horror show comic that would be something new and interesting that would be really cool wow what would you even do with that? I feel like there's so many possibilities here. Like, I don't even know where to start <laughs> speculating because it's a stage show, you know? Right, right. I mean, and they've made it really clear in all of these press releases. This is the company that's handling the 50th anniversary of the stage show. So everything's kind of on the table, including yeah. extremely high shipping costs over here to the U.S. Absolutely, because this is all coming from the U.K., even these costumes are in, like, the Queen's Great British Pounds money. <laughs> yeah, so they also announced, uh, wrapping this up, that new licenses were granted for clothing, apparel, figurines, and even pinball and slot machines. Now... That last one was crazy to me, because aren't all pinball machines basically made in New Jersey? Pretty much. I mean, there is one company, maybe there's two, but I, I'm only really aware of one or two companies in the 
U.S. that make pinball machines. They're all based out of New Jersey. There's so few people that make them anymore. Uh, slot machines we've seen a lot more of. Uh, that was one of the first episodes we ever did, talking about all the video games and, and digital games, right, that uh, yeah. Rocky stuff exists in. And there was a Rocky Horror slot machine released, I don't know, I want to say it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, but it was, again, it was Rocky Horror Picture Show themed, not Rocky Horror Show themed. So if they're going to do a stage show version, maybe we'll get lines from the stage show cast maybe we'll get the stage show version of music in some of these i'm very excited for this and uh sweetie i hate to tell you it but um if they come out with a rocky horror show pinball machine we might have to rearrange the apartment some more you might have to get rid of some of your existing rocky horror merchandise to make room for a pinball machine because those things aren't small i don't know we've got a bar in the living room that i could trade out oy vey all right, this is a fight for on air a different time. <laughs> so Golden Goose's director, Adam Bass, stated that given the strength of the character and the obvious love for the musical from generations of fans, it's now the time for Rocky Horror Show licensed products to take center stage. This is cool. This is reinforcing. This is going to be stage show licensed merch. I imagine that we're going to get a ton of 50th anniversary stuff for the movie in a couple of years, three years. Mm -hmm. um, but wow, like there hasn't been a huge push for actual stage show merchandise in quite some time. And I think that it sounds like that's what they're doing here. Their product director, Rebecca Dalton, also teased... Um, we're developing a stunning new style guide that will establish the Rocky Horror Show as a force to be reckoned with for the 50th anniversary and many years to come. So it does sound like there are new redesigns and new reimaginings and things happening for this merchandise, like you're saying. Because it's the stage show, I would imagine, and also because like it's the 50th time for a revamp, which is going to be very, very cool. Right? I mean, they've been using that same Columbia logo, the same circular Richard O'Brien, you know, kind of look for all of the stage show marketing for probably the last uh, at least five years, I think. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of samey. It's it's modern, but it's still starting to look a little dated. I'm very excited to see what a rebrand happens with this. And when they're talking about a style guide, I mean, my inner nerd just goes, ooh, what are you going to do? Are we going to have a new font? Are we going to have new logos? Are we going to have, you know, what what's going on? Maybe maybe we're not going to have Columbia as the center figure anymore. Maybe it's time for Frank to actually be the, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But I think that any kind of, you know, announcements about this, they really get me hyped. I feel like Riff Raff would be a good center logo. Right? I feel like Christian Laverscombe is the most iconic one of the stage show of the last oh, by far. million years. Absolutely. So I think it would be cool to like pay homage to him if they're doing a whole thing for it, you know, a whole rebrand. It would be neat to kind of make him front and center because he's been like holding the thing up for as long as he's been doing it. He's the longest running cast member, like by a wide margin, right? Yeah, I'm also really curious if we kind of see a melding um, of the stuff that we've seen from the UK tour and from the European tour, right? You Ooh, have two, true. two very, very kind of different looks that have been going on over the last, you know, decade or so. 
the UK tour and the European tour, they just kind of, uh, they're very similar, but they have kind of different feels in both their design, their costuming, the, the colors, the way that they're promoted. And uh, maybe we're going to see some kind of unification across those. Uh, obviously, this is all still speculation, but if I'm sitting there in the marketing department and I'm trying to figure out how to promote the 50th, well, I think that probably a global brand consolidation, that would make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, we live in hope. I'm here for like a, a Japanese Rocky Horror restylization personally, but. Oh God, they do the weirdest shit. I know. They're so fun. Their book recently that they put out was great. Go look at it. <laughs> All right. Is that, I, I gotta say, is that your favorite piece of Rocky merch? Like if there's one thing and you know, we don't have to just stick to figurines, which by the way, I'm super excited about that. They mentioned figurines in this list. That's super cool. But like, uh, if we're not, not just sticking, ducks. Yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like we all need more ducks, but if we're not just talking the things they listed, what, what would be your like dream piece of Rocky merch that could come out for the 50th, specifically for the stage show? Specifically for the stage show. Um, honestly, it probably would be something leaning more towards what they're doing for for the Japanese tour just because it's so weird and it's so different and it's it's bright it's poppy it's not that same kind of gothy rocky horror that we like we know I like the bright colors I like how loud their stuff is so I think if they took things even like a step to the right if I may in that sort of direction I think that would be really fun I know I had to it came into my head and I was like now is the time the time is now <laughs> <laughs> no i love that i think it would be really cool maybe something more like that the german uh version of the show that's going on right now right that one that did like all the pastels and that big like bright yeah. color wall yeah something cool that that ties into that i, th I think for me it's got to be i mean it's got to be some kind of high-end figure right like i i i'm a i'm a nerdy little collector at heart you you put a really 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 well-crafted and sculpted model inside of some plastic and I will never open it and be very happy to hang it on my wall. Oof. All right. That's <laughs> fair. I, w I shouldn't have expected anything else from you. But, like, fuck collectibles. If they can give us a new flavor to latch onto as a community and, like, run with just to add something, you know, a little bit different to our shows, I think that would be fun. That would be the most interesting for me. Or just give me, like, little low-end items, right? I would love, like, an official set of Rocky Horror Frank Pearls. Why not? They're easy. They're cheap. You put a tag on a bulk set of, of pearls, and I'll give you 20 bucks for them. Like... Columbia pajamas. Give me officially oh. licensed Columbia pajamas so I don't have to buy stripes if we're ever 21. Well, you know they're going to be <laughs> stage show Columbia pajamas, so... Yeah, that's fine. They're screen accurate. Well, they're stage accurate. They count. <laughs> Even better. All right. What else we got? All right, next up in global news, uh, we're not going to talk about Rocky Horror, but we are going to talk about Tim Curry. Kind Ooh, of. Kind, kind of? of. We've got some interesting clue news that dropped this last week. I'm so excited for this. I've been seeing all kinds of clue shit running around in different articles, and none of them ever say anything about anything or have any actual news whatsoever. So to get two pieces this week was a lot of fun. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it seems like Hasbro is kind of being a bit of a slut and licensing out the Clue property to whoever will come and take it. And uh, 
Yo, we we are gonna chat in one second about how big of a fucking slut Hasbro is. Like, let's keep going, but I want you to remember this moment. And th they're they're pure Christian virgins compared to how big of a slut they actually are. All right. Well, yeah. first up, we've got an announcement. Uh, that Ryan Reynolds has signed on to star in a Clue remake. Okay. I mean, I'm not usually here for remakes of movies I love, but Ryan Reynolds can't really do much wrong, so... Right? A yeah. character listing hasn't been announced for him yet, but it, he's a star, right? So he's got to be Wadsworth, I would imagine. And what a perfect Wadsworth. He would be so funny. Like, the way that he does that fucking deadpan comedy is perfect for that role i mean it's perfect for clue in general because it's all deadpan comedy but oh. man if i could pick anyone to take over and like follow in tim curry's footsteps for that role i don't think i could find us an actor who would be better suited oh absolutely i mean we've known that there's been a clue remake kind of in the pipeline shopped around all the hollywood studios for the last couple of years but like you said every time there's an announcement about it it's vague it's oh somebody signed something like and it's never any announcement like this this feels like there might actually be some kind of hype some kind of momentum building towards it and especially when they start announcing big stars attached i mean that that's exciting yeah um, so there was a first draft of a script written by um, a, a writer, Paul Wernick, who collaborates with Ryan Reynolds pretty often. And it was written uh, some time ago, like some vague time ago. And there is a script rewrite currently happening. Uh, and it's being rewritten by Oren Uziel, who recently wrote The Lost City. And that movie did really, really well earlier this year. So he's spearheading the script right now. And that announcement in conjunction with the announcement of Ryan Reynolds, I think means that there might actually be some momentum on this project. Yeah, it's got like, some legs, right? Yeah, worth getting hype about. Uh, there hasn't been a timeline made public yet, but hopefully something's in the works. I'm here for it. No, sign me up. So speaking of more Clue news... <laughs> Welcome to the Clue podcast, everybody. Right. Uh, it turns out that there is also an animated series in the work for Clue. Yep. What the fuck? This article was dropped by Gizmodo this last week, and they were very, very clear that although there's not a lot of information about the series yet, it is distinctly and completely different from ryan reynolds clue remake they even dropped his name in the article they were like that one that you heard about with ryan reynolds not this this is a different one i mean that's ridiculous what are they gonna do just shuffle up the people and the places and the things and like just have a different murderer in a different location with a different object that's dumb like it, it how why why would you even do that the thing that gives me hope about this project specifically is that it's being executive produced and written by a guy named Dwayne perkins who is a Second City improv actor. He was with them for a long time. He was one of the head writers for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Amber Ruffin Show. So he's worked on a bunch of shit that's like actual, legit, funny stuff. Oh, I mean, we loved Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, that that show, mm, beautiful. Um, and if he was involved with that, I have some pretty good faith. Now, did they say anything about like what network this might be brought to or who they're doing it for? Nope. 
No, nope, not a thing. No. All we right. know it's Dwayne Perkins, and we know that he's been working on some cool projects recently. And well, he's Second City. That's nothing to sneeze at. Like, that's the oh yeah comedy training ground for anybody who wants to be anybody in comedy. Well, it sounds pretty good. It sounds like there's something interesting brewing there. Yeah. And um, why don't you go and read this last little bit that I wrote about Hasbro. <laughs> All right, well, it turns out Hasbro has a lot of irons in the fire right now. In addition to Clue, they also have films based on Dungeons & Dragons, Furby, G.I. Joe, Monopoly, and Play-Doh all in production. Play-Doh? What are you going to do with Play-Doh? You know what? They can make... No idea. I hope it's being executively produced by, like... I don't know, James Cameron or something. <laughs> Play-Doh by James Cameron. We have a million <laughs> colors. They are all blue. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, out of that list, I think Clue is probably one of the better properties that they could be whoring out. So, especially for an D&D. Well, yeah, no, I mean, you could do some fun D&D stuff, but I mean, that's got such a community around it that, like, nobody's going to be happy with what you come up with, no matter how good it is. But Clue, at least, right, like, it's got all the recipes for an animated series, for a series of episodes, right? Like, everyone can be different. They can, you know, you can use the same kind of overarching plot and, like, all this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm cool with Clue. Furby, I don't, I don't even know what you would do with that. Is Furby even relevant anymore? I mean, there are all those videos on YouTube of people making, like, horrible nightmare fuel things with Furbies. I did love that pipe organ. Did you guys see that guy who made a pipe organ out of Furbies and they all sang in different... Yeah, that was creepy as shit. That I was loved super that. creepy. We might need to make some room in our apartment. Get rid of your pinball machine. We're getting a Furby organ. <laughs> well, I mean, at least it's going to be better than Monopoly, right? If I want to watch that, I might as well just turn on CNN. Oof. Yeah. You're right. I don't have anything funny to say about that. That seems like a downer. <laughs> Speaking of long-forgotten pop culture icons like Furby and G.I. Joe, Ferngully has its 30th anniversary this year. Hooray! I never saw Ferngully, uh, and I know that it came out shortly after I was born. So that's horrible, and I hate that that anniversary is coming up for me because I'm young. Wow, Ferngully was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. And, uh, well, maybe this is the time for you to watch it because a new 4K restoration of the film was released in late August to celebrate the film's 30th anniversary. Uh, obviously, for those of you out there who might be young and nubile, you do not remember that this movie starred Robin Williams, Christian Slater, Samantha Mathis, Tim Curry, and Cheech and Chong, along a lot of other very talented voice actors this thing, I loved this movie when I was a kid, and I mean, I probably haven't watched it in over 20 years. I might have to pick this thing up and check it out. Uh, Tim Curry uh, has always been the draw for me. Like, if I were ever to sit down and, and make an evening of it, it would be specifically because everyone I've spoken to who, like, grew up with this movie, like, had to leave the theater because they were so scared of Tim Curry. And... <laughs> And that does it for me. And I feel like that would be a lot of fun because he is a scary guy. I, wh what is his role in the movie for those of us who are too young he, and delicious? He is the voice of the evil, like, uh, oil slick monster, the, uh, the, the representation of the evil 
con- corporations that are chopping down all of the rainforests, and he's the 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 toxic sludge that is uh, taking over everything. Uh, okay, all right. So the mm-hmm. the movie's about deforestation, right? It's right there in the title. It's called Fern Gully. That doesn't mean anything to me. Those are made up words. Fern, like a gully of ferns. Huh. Maybe. Maybe that's how influential this was on me, that I just kind of think that, like, oh, yes, no, it's a rev- – mm. um, I love this film. I watched it a ton. My parents were probably very sick of hearing about it when I was little. Um, I mean, because this thing, this thing came out in 1992, right? Like, I – let's not mix words here. I was only six years old when this thing came out. Um, but I was definitely the target audience to be scared by Tim Curry in this one, and he did. He scared the absolute crap out of me. The songs in it are so, so, so good. Aww. Uh, and, okay. and yeah, like, and not just that, like, this is a very well animated movie. Well, you know, back in 1992, when this was released, uh, they didn't have digital animation. All of the illustrations were drawn by hand, I learned as I was researching. They drew 150,000 cells to make this movie, which is 38 miles of art if you laid them end to end, which is so long. Yes, but how many Frank Jackets is that? Oh my god, I don't know. How much is an art cell worth from the movie Fern Gully? Probably lots of Frank Jackets. No, no, no. I, I mean, imagine. if you were if you were to measure a Frank Jacket side to side, and then you were lay them end to end, I mean, how many? Just you seem to really know your Frank Jacket uh, math. So I'm just uh, not to put you on the spot, but how many is it? Whose Frank Jacket, Tim's or yours? All right, so uh, (laughs) this brand new 4K (laughs) digitally restored version is now available on Amazon and uh, Shout Factory if you want to relive your childhood or maybe you just want to relive my childhood. If you want to relive my childhood, check out Once Upon a Forest. That's a similar, I think it's a spoof knockoff movie where they gas a whole bunch of animals at the very beginning. No, that movie's just plain fucked up. I did not remember, like... I remember we had this conversation, I don't know, a couple years ago where we were like, both of us had that as like tip of our tongue. Like this movie exists, but we weren't sure about it. We found it online one night and we started watching it. We were just like, nope, nightmare fuel. It was horrific. Yeah, I watched that one instead. So I'll check out Fern Gully and compare. I wonder if it's like the same, if it hits the same like scary part of my brain or if it's like, oh, this is nothing. Well, we'll have to find out. And all you guys out there that love Fern Gully... It's your time to shine. Go check it out. 30th anniversary, brand new Blu-ray. 38 miles of art. (laughs) (laughs) And I think with that, it's going to take us on over to Community Community News. So first up in Community News, we are saying goodbye to a very historic theater and a home to a long-time Rocky cast, the Rialto in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's Raleigh, North Carolina. What did I say? I don't know, but it was wrong. Anyway, the owner of the Rialto, Bill Peebles, is retiring after running the local theater for 30 years after he graduated with a bachelor's degree in engineering and started his life as a hardware and software designer. So he clearly took the more lucrative and successful of those two paths. Good for him. But yeah, he said that uh, retiring came with a bit of mixed feelings. He said, quote, I'm very pleased with what we've done over the last 32 years. I'm going to miss the fiercely loyal patrons, the great staff we've assembled. But at the same time, on to the next chapter. 
When asked about what the future holds, he commented, I'll let you know what I do tomorrow. Good for him. Live your life, Bill Peebles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 32 years, that's no no small accomplishment. And uh, it sounds like the Rialto had a really great run. Yeah, honestly, keeping a fucking theater alive for 32 years is nothing to sneeze at. An um, independent theater, it's ridiculous, right? Like, yeah, in no, this absolutely. economy? <laughs> Seriously. Well, the Rialto is going to be suspending its operations as they undergo a change in management. There are a couple of groups who are interested in carrying on the theater's legacy. Nobody has been picked yet. I think that's still in the works, and the changeover is going to take some time. So they are shutting their doors for the time being while they figure out that situation. And as part of the final hurrah for the low-down, cheap little punks cast, uh, they did three back-to-back screenings of the film to bid farewell to the theater's weekly tradition. And of course, each screening was full of costumes, AP, and throwables, and the theater allowed everything except for water, interestingly enough. Bill has a funny story for that. Why don't you go ahead and read it? So Bill said, when we renovated the theater, we resurfaced the theater floor. Great for cleaning up, but when it gets wet, it gets slippery. Me too. (laughs) We told the Rocky kids, no water guns, but you know how kids are. They hear what you say and then immediately ignore you. Well, out come the squirt guns so they can have rain in the theater. They go running down the aisles and turn left and Boom! We have a football tackle pile of 30 people who didn't make that turn. (laughs) (laughs) After that, no water guns. He does go on to comment, though, we've allowed the cast a lot of freedom to do what they want to do. They have the freedom to make the show what they will, and I think that's why it's as special as it is. So clearly, he's letting them, you know, make their choices and learn from their (laughs) decisions. As you do. That's what Rocky's for, you know? Make your poor decisions and learn from them. Yup. But no, it sounds like uh, the low-down Cheap Little Punks had a fantastic run in this theater. Hopefully they can continue on with the new management. Obviously, there's a lot of conversations that have to happen there. There's no announcements that anyone has made about that. And it's going to take some time to sort this stuff out. So we, of course, wish all of you fabulous folks down in North Carolina, a good luck in finding a new home or maybe uh, working it out with the management uh, that takes over. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like anyone who's coming into this space will probably, hopefully, have have some reverence for the, the historic stuff that's been going on there. Um, it sounds like the people who were kind of interested in taking over this theater probably have some reverence and some respect for the good work that the theater has done for the community hopefully rocky horror will be part of what's maintained about the theater's legacy absolutely best of luck to you all you guys and uh you know see you on the flip side yep next up in community news and this one is hot 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 off the presses yeah this just happened today Literally today, there is a new Facebook costuming group that has been started up, uh, and I can hear you out there going, another Facebook group? No, no, no. This one's got credentials behind it. It was started by the community's own Minna. You know Minna of Columbia's Closet. Minna created the group with the message, hey folks, 
I'm loving the Frank and Eddie jacket group, but wanted something more comprehensive. I live in a Rocky Horror dead zone, as it were, but I hope to still travel and connect with the greater community. Though I took Columbia's Closet Facebook page down a couple of years ago, the website blog is still active. I do still love all things costuming. Please invite anyone you think would love to join this group. And there are already some pretty big names. We've got Ruth. We've got Becky. We've got Nick and Furter in here. Lots of people already posting good stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I know that there are some smaller Facebook groups out there dedicated to costuming specific characters. Uh, but this seems like it's going to be a really great resource for anybody who's kind of looking at the broader picture or wants a wider audience for just Rocky Horror costuming in general. Uh, you've got all of the experts here. If you missed the con panel, this is where you're going to find all those wonderful folks that were talking about all that stuff. So I would definitely check it out. If you need an invite to the group, well, we just gave you a list of names. Hit somebody up or hit Megari up. We'll be sure to send you an invite. I'm excited for this. I think it's great. I'm so pumped for this. Oh my God. Literally this group went up today and already we've got people posting Things that they made off based of different patterns, which I think they're they're willing to provide assistance with if anyone is interested in recreating them. We've got Frank gauntlets. We've got Frank corsets. We've got spacesuits. Min is posting about different fabric that she's using for spacesuits. And most spicily of all, in my opinion, because this has been something that I have been poking my nose about, has been um, Columbia sequins. Where the fuck do we get Columbia sequins now? Does anybody have any leads on Columbia sequins? For those of you who may not be as plugged into the costuming community as some of us, both Larry and the Satin Worshippers are all out of their Columbia fabric. That's right. If you are looking to sequin a Columbia bustier, I hope you can find an old ratty one somewhere that you can pilfer the fabric off of because you can't get any new anymore. And that's one of the first topics that came up in here is what are we as a community going to do about it? Are we going to order some more? Are we going to find somebody who can manufacture it? A lot of the manufacturers that were making this stuff disappeared during the pandemic. A lot of them were based out of China and they just dropped off the face of the planet. Yeah. So, what so are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot of people that are very, very willing to put up, you know, the funds that are willing to, you know, distribute, to take orders, all this kind of stuff. But the manufacturing process is a little opaque, pardon the pun, uh, for everyone out there. And also, the, it seems like the industry, the costuming industry, has kind of really shifted away from the specific materials that the Columbia Bustier is made of, right? They're the the, the small six millimeter sequins that uh, they aren't really making as much anymore. And they're certainly not making them in these colors and patterns and putting them on fabric. So that's the first topic. You got any insights? Go on over there. Let us all know. I'm willing to open my wallet and throw as much money as possible at this thing to make sure that we can get bolts of fabric made and that the community can still have access to this wonderful, pretty, pretty, pretty Columbia Bustier fabric. Right. I mean, how do you make new Columbias now? We're just, we're at a standstill for new Columbias. And I need new Columbias. It's Halloween, you guys. So we got to solve this problem. If anybody has any leads on any fabric manufacturers, let us know. Hit up this group. Let's throw money at this bitch so we can onboard new Columbias and it'll be a Halloween miracle for all the Rocky Horror Picture Show casts out there. 
And while we're on the social media bandwagon, we got a brand. <laughs> what? That was a great transition. That was a great transition. I know, right? I'm fucking awesome at this. Anyway, Tony Pazuzu and Mark Jabara have added a brand new figures and toys section to OzRockyHorror.com. Now, we've referenced this website a million fucking times. If you're interested in anything related to Rocky Horror, you need to go check it out. Mark has a billion photos of every single stage show and every single production and programs and pictures and cast lists and charts and diagrams and stage models. And literally, if there is something that you're interested in related to the early days of the Rocky Horror Stage Show, this is the place. Not just that, though. Tony Pazuzu, probably one of the biggest Rocky Horror collectors out there, if not the biggest, uh, has been updating constantly with brand new information about all of the different merchandise and collectibles that have come out over the years. This is where, when I need to go look something up and go, what year did the French VHS come out? This is where I go and check, and there's going to be a box cover art. Well, now, there's a brand new section specifically related to figures and toys. And oh boy, sweetie, you know how I am for toys. Uh, this is what we need, more toys. I know. I went on here and I looked and I went... What the fuck do you mean that there's three different ducks? I'm only aware of two ducks. There's three ducks? Sweetie, you know we don't need more ducks. The last thing we fucking need in our house is more Rocky Horror ducks because we already have too many Rocky Horror ducks. Is there anything on this website that perhaps we could use to, like, add some diversity to our Rocky Tchotchke collection? I'm not going to lie to you. I pretty much already have most of these. Um, although there are some other interesting things that were posted on here, uh, specifically stuff about the different variations on some of the, uh, the figures that came out, the different packaging that they were used in, found out that I only have one of the box sets and not both of the box sets. So that's uh, something I'm going to be looking for on eBay. Don't any of you out there snipe me on it. Oh no. But yeah, no, this is fantastic. It's just another wealth of information that uh, is finally being cataloged, right? I mean, and made accessible to everybody out there. So very excited that Tony and Mark have been putting this together. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in collecting uh, in any way, shape or form, you got to go check it out. Check out the section if you haven't checked it out before and uh, take a look at all of the toys and uh, other collectibles. Incidentally, if you happen to see any ducks on this website that you like, please message me directly because I have so many for sale. Wait a minute. Um, those are my ducks. Uh, moving on. Wasn't there some like Rocky Con footage dropped? Oh, this was super exciting. So yeah. Tony, Tony Pazuzu, who I just <laughs> mentioned 10 seconds ago, also posted some brand new found footage from RockyCon 1. Ooh. This is a news segment that came out of, I think it was a Canadian news station, I'm not exactly sure, that was covering uh, the first Rocky convention, well, the not the first Rocky convention, the first Rocky convention that the fan club uh, put on. If you want to know that whole fucking story, go look at our con panel from the Tesseract Staycation Con. Uh, and what's actually really exciting about this, as part of that panel that we put together, uh, we compiled a bunch of video from this event, from RockyCon 1. There wasn't a lot of that out there. And this is actually really cool because this is footage that was taken, I think, by a news crew. Um, and 
nobody'd seen it. Nobody has seen it in well on, you know, 35, 40 years. So this was really cool that this dropped. Uh, Tony posted the video up on YouTube. He dropped it on all the socials. We're going to have the YouTube link linked for you in the show notes. It's actually a fairly long video, so. Oh, really? I yeah. Admittedly, I have not seen this yet. I'm very excited to watch it because I fucking love Rocky Horror community footage. I think con footage is so fun because I love seeing how nothing is different. <laughs> how long is it? How long? Uh, is it? It's over ten minutes long. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, absolutely. And why don't actually why don't, why don't you pull it up real quick and jump to about uh, two thirty in and take a look at what you got there? Oh no. Let's see. What have we got here? Oh my God! I know this man. That's Sal Piero. It oh, is. He, he was just talking about this the other day. This is what he was talking about when we were together, right? This video. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <gasps> he's taking his clothes off. <laughs> oh my God! He's in a Janet bra and slip, and he just put what appears to be a mop on his head, but I bet it's a <laughs> Janet wig. And he's oh, he was telling us about this. This is so cute. Absolutely. He looks so good in this Janet outfit. Holy shit! Right. I think he had just watched this when we saw him the other day. Yeah, this was really cool. He he mentioned finally that he'd never seen this before and that like it finally had resurfaced. So, yeah, I mean, huge props to Tony for just finding all of this random, random content that's been floating out there for years and not just finding it, but making it available to the community. So if you want to go watch Sal take his clothes off, check out the show notes. The link's going to be in there. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please do. He's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> All of this footage is so great. Oh, man, I can't wait to sit here and watch this. Absolutely. And I think that wraps us up for some community news. So with that, I think it's time to ask a question. And oh, boy, have I got a question for us this week. Oh, I don't see anything that I wrote here. So how could we have an ask a question segment? I found an article <laughs> on yes. dot kick dot club. Dot ick dot club, you say? Dot ick dot club. Wow, what a respectable news source. Exactly, right? It's probably full of all kinds of genuine information that's true and factual and well researched. All right, so what are we uh what are we asking a question about this week? Well, this article is titled Rocky Horror, five reasons Brad and Janet are the perfect couple and five reasons they should break up. Oh, God, where do I even start? So I thought it would be fun to run down this list. And honestly, a lot of these things are pretty valid. And maybe at the end of the article, the question is, are Brad and Janet the perfect couple or should they break up? What say we? All right, let's see. What's number 10 on this list? So, all right, the way this list goes, and we're going to post this in the show notes if you guys want to follow along and, like, take this Cosmo quiz with us. <laughs> so they do one and one. Are they perfect or do they need to break up? And they run down a list of five each, kind of alternating. This sounds terrible. Let's do it. All right, so number 10. They are perfect together because... He did worry about her, dot, 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 some of the time. 
For at least the first half hour of the movie, if that, Brad seems genuinely concerned about Janet's safety. When they break down in the car, he seems worried when they run into some strange weirdos in this house. But it doesn't last very long as he begins to realize that it's a big ocean out there and there's plenty of fish swimming around in it and he kind of forgets about his fiance. But they're perfect together because he worries about her in the beginning. Okay, hold on. I take issue with this immediately. They are saying that Brad and Janet are good together because he cares about her at the beginning. Hold on. Let's run down the facts of what happens at the beginning of this movie. First, he proposes to her at his friend's wedding. That's a big fucking no-no. Second, his first decision after he proposes to her is to go see some random guy that he's friends with. Not a mutual friend that they would enjoy seeing together. This guy that's a mentor to him? That's some bullshit. Third, when the car breaks down he just wants to leave her there he's like nah you stay here it's fine i'll go figure this shit out that's not even starting to mention what happens once they're near the castle once they start getting to the castle as soon as anything scary starts to happen you all know brad's blocking he's putting janet right in fucking front of him shoving her towards all these scary monsters like a human fucking shield I I don't know what nonsense this is. Brad didn't give a shit. The only segment that tells you that Brad ever gave a shit in this entire movie is once in a while, and that's not even in the damn movie. I, 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 no. I I take issue with this whole point. So we don't think Brad cared about Janet at all. It is pretty tacky that he proposed at the wedding and then went to Dr. Scotch. Did she even know Dr. Scott? I mean, it was his refresher course that they were both were in, but let me remind you, the only reason Brad was there in the first place was to pick up chicks, because this guy is way too old for Janet. You're right. She is a good human shield, though. That's probably why he's marrying her. (laughs) All right. Well, I think I refuted that one. Let's see if I can refute the next one. Let's see if you can refute the next one, because the next one is in favor of them breaking up. So number nine is... Dr. Frankenfurter climbed in bed with him, Brad, way too easily. We're thinking that Brad could have done a bit more soul-searching before committing to his one and only true love. Love is love, and gender is fluid. Therefore, Brad was free to be with whoever he wanted or whatever he wanted, considering we're talking about fucking aliens. But we're thinking that maybe he should have, like, sowed his wild oats and gotten his alien kinks out of his system before proposing to his wife. Okay. I see what you're talking about there, but I will have you know that Brad Majors took at least several lines of dialogue before he was convinced (laughs) to let Frank suck his cock. Yeah, I got nothing on this one. This one. No, that's real fair. Like, this is a very valid point. He did not put up any kind of fight. He was like, oh, no, what about Janet? Oh, I mean, I guess if you're down there already. I mean, he did think about her at least, so... He screamed her name while some guy was sucking his dick. That's almost worse because he made a conscious choice. If he had just totally forgotten and he could have been like, I don't know, I was asleep. I thought it was you. Your hair was the same, whatever. That would have been, I think, less bad than being like, oh, right, I'm engaged. Ah, fuck it. To be fair, and I will point this out, she did cheat on him first. He didn't know. How do you know? Maybe he knew. Maybe he totally knew. No, he didn't totally knew because he found out during Once in a While, which happens after his own bedroom scene. Yeah, Once in a While is not in the movie. You can't use that as a citation. You just use it as a citation. Irregardless. Oy. <laughs> moving on to number eight. Number eight. 
perfect together. Uh, Brad's fiance's safety was his first thought. We're going really hard on this. Brad did consider Janet when he knocked on the door that would change his life forever. Getting Janet to a safe place, a.k.a. the castle, was his first priority. Um, and back then, knocking on a stranger's door wasn't nearly as taboo, especially in a world devoid of iPhones. Um, but also, it was more dangerous, I guess, because we didn't have iPhones. Was this article written by a 10-year-old? Like, did you watch the movie? I mean, I'll, I'll give it to you that Brad said a good game about wanting to protect Janet but let me remind you she had to scream at him that she was cold and she was wet and she was just plain scared and his response was it's cool Janet let's just chill at this party for a while yo why you gotta be such a bitch he did bring her to literally the sketchiest house probably in all of New Jersey which is saying a lot there was a sign. There was a sign that said, enter at your own risk. Oh, yeah, her safety was his first thought. It told you. You opened the package knowing what was inside. Also, they weren't unsafe in the car. They were just on a road with a flat tire. It was a dead end, so, like, no one was coming. They could have just waited for it to be morning. They could have slept in the car. They and they really would have been perfectly have. safe. Yeah. I mean, if you want to see how that ended up, go watch uh, FNS's. <laughs> <laughs> what if Janet had stayed in the car? That's a fun right? one. Mm -hmm. All right, number seven. Uh, I think I'm maybe on the breakup side. Let's see if they play this point a little better. All right, number seven. Uh, this is in favor of breaking up. Janet went in search of Brad, not the other way around. Surprisingly, it was Janet who went in search of her significant other post-Frank Boning. When she realizes that it's not her dear old Brad in bed with her, her search leads her elsewhere onto Rocky's dick. Despite the fact that she ran and fell onto Rocky's dick, she did take the first steps to find Brad, who she was separated from, uh, and where was Brad getting his dick sucked. Okay. Um, in fairness, she finished first and brad was still busy so it does make sense that she went to look for him right i mean she had a full like what 30 minutes to get up take a shower you know clean herself up redo her makeup put on her fucking pantyhose like where did this timeline come from why is she well, taking a shower i mean she had quite a lot of time you think that frank rolled off her walked out the door and she just what laid there for a while no, I think Frank rolled off her and she was immediately like, oh, no, I fucked an alien. Where's Brad? No, no. And then went looking for him. We know, we know, according to Once in a While, right, there is footage in Once in a While of Janet just sitting in the bed, sitting there crying. Uh, well, kind of crying because Susan Sarandon can't actually cry. So it just looks like there's cum on her face. But, like, she's just sitting there in bed with a cum shot splattered all over her. Like... I don't know. You want to bask in a bunch of alien cum for a while, sure. But, like, I don't know if that's immediately getting up and running for her fiancé. Eh, it could have been five minutes. Uh, semantics. So I, I think that the only reason she went looking was because she wrapped up first. All right. All right. So, uh, break up? Yeah, I think this is in favor of breakup. Uh, okay, number six. This is in favor of staying together. All of these reasons are the same reason. 
Brad did enter the mansion in search of help, comma, a bold move. A bold move. Even though asking a stranger to use their phone wasn't unusual at the time, it was a bold move nonetheless. If you couldn't tell already, we're running out of ways to justify Brad and Janet's behavior. <laughs> oh, we could says tell. Says the article. <laughs> it's quite obvious we're relying on things like old school chivalry to defend them. Both of them should have emerged single, but it was Brad's confidence and determination to problem solve that earns him half a point here. At least it's an honest article. Right? They seem a little self-aware here. So he, all of these reasons so far are, um, he went to the castle to protect her, question mark? Well, you know, his uh, his bootleg recording of Nixon's speech had already wrapped up and like, what's he going to do? Listen to it for the 12th time? Like, Janet's a little sick of reading the same fucking Plains Dealer article. And she was probably out of chocolate. Yeah. She put that gum under the seat. It's not like there's more gum. So it's going to be a long night. She's got to get something else in her mouth. Yeah, that's true. All right. Number five. Breakup. Janet ran into Rocky's arms and Brad did nothing. Okay. Um... Okay, after the encounter with Frank, who could possibly think of anyone else? No one could be as dramatic or walk as well as in fishnets and heels as the doctor could. Therefore, it's impossible to judge Brad. But that doesn't mean he's not a poor fiancé. Alternately, who the heck runs into the arms of a laboratory-made human being? Janet, of course. She's on Santa's naughty list for life, and not only because she had heart eyes in awe of his eight-pack. Wait, okay. so this article is judging her because, not because she was a bad fiancé to Brad, but because after fucking Frank, who could look at anyone else? <laughs> I, I feel I feel the writer's uh, predilections are showing through here a little bit because um, if you put Tim Curry and, well, I'm still going to fuck Tim Curry, but um, listen, Rocky, Rocky is a sexy man. Like, Peter Hanwood is cut. And, I mean, there's pictures of his dick online. Like, he's hung like a horse. So Let's post those in our show notes. Absolutely not. You can do that Google search on your own. Deal. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if this is a rather convincing argument. Like, I mean, should they break up? Well, probably. But not because she ran to Rocky's arms and Brad did nothing. Like, Brad did plenty when he found out. He screamed at her. Yeah, I feel like what is he supposed to do in this situation? They're fucking aliens. They're eating people. A guy just got made. Another guy just got murdered. I I feel like at some point during the evening, you're kind of just going to throw your arms up and be like, we're going to write this off. Like, whatever happens here happens, and we're just going to move on afterwards. You know? Like, there's not really anything to do at this point. <laughs> it's, it's that weekend in Cancun we don't talk about, right? Like, kind of thing, yeah. right? Like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like, kind of, I don't know. All right, number four. They are perfect together because they, they got, got engaged, so that's a start. Ah, if one thing says healthy relationship, it's a grand gesture that the other party knew nothing about. It's really a stretch at this point. The more this movie is watched, the easier it gets to decide that perhaps Brad and Janet are not quite the two for each other. If all it takes is a few otherworldly beings and lab experiments along with a touch of cannibalism, they definitely shouldn't have been together by the time they walked out of that house. However, Brad did pop the question and Janet did say yes. So obviously they love each other maybe? And then Janet was like, 
oh my god let's have a baby wow this was written by a high school student jesus so yeah, even more right? proof, you know? like <laughs> i don't know they got engaged therefore they should be together what a what a wonderful point i mean the the article's self-aware it knows that this isn't a very good point but i mean come on Let's just throw this one out here for any of you out there in the Rocky community that may be considering proposing to your significant other. If you haven't talked about getting married before, bring that shit up before you propose. A proposal should be a surprise. Getting married should be a conversation. Life advice brought to you by Rocky Talkie. <laughs> I mean, right? It's, Am it's I wrong? Solid life Am advice. I wrong? <laughs> Right? I mean, we've, we we talked about getting married before I proposed. Yeah. Like, it was Lots. a known fact that it was going to happen. It was just, when's it going to happen? You can still have a surprise without having that awkward moment of, oh, God, are they going to say no? Yeah. I probably asked you once a month for, like, every month that we were together, starting from probably the day I moved in with you. And even <laughs> then, it was still a surprise. Honestly, just sit and look at rings together. If you're yeah, not sitting and fun. looking, it's fun. It's fun. And if you're not into rings, great. Sit and look at whatever you want to celebrate. Couple tattoos. Those are hot now, right? Like the the ring tattoos or just whatever. Those are always hot. I know people think they're cursed, but I think they're fun. All right, number three on the list. This is a reason to break up. Janet totally had the hots for Rocky. Well, sweetie, I've got some bad news. We have to break up. Oh, uh, damn. I totally have the hots for Rocky. Oh, shit. Uh, Janet's indiscretion is exactly what prompts her entire theater to shout expletives at the screen. Is slut an expletive? I mean, apparently to this 12-year-old that wrote the article, it is. Uh, as if it couldn't get any worse, she does so in front of Brad. But then again, there are no secrets in the home of Frankenfurter. Like, I should hope not. If you're going to step out on your partner... Don't keep it a secret. Be an ethical slut. Consent is sexy. More life advice from Rocky Har. Rocky, Frank's perfect little baby, also makes the mistake of sharing intimacies with Janet, but at least he has an excuse because he has the brain of a newborn, and it's Janet who makes him a man, which wow. I don't think is true. I think, A, Frank plowed him earlier in the evening, and also, that's a terrible sentence. Right? Like, first of all, yes, Frank plowed him earlier. Second of all... <laughs> He has half of Eddie's brain, right? So if Meatloaf's 30, he's got a 15-year-old's brain. Still not great. Still still not okay. But if the argument here is like she fucked an infant, um, that's not just a red flag for the breakup. That's a red flag for the police. I don't think it has anything to do with Brad and Janet's relationship. I think we're going off the fucking rails here, but all right. Well, one last argument in favor of them being perfect together arguably the worst one they're the hero and the heroine it's getting a bit dicey now says this article traditionally as most stories go there is either a hero or a heroine but for all intents and purposes of rocky horror brad and janet each take on the role of hero slash heroine uh well we could argue who the true hero and heroine are because we all know it's magenta and riffraff legit they do win the movie uh, the credits stand declaring these two as the protagonists of the story, and that alone implies destiny has a hand in their fate, thus making them true lovebirds. 
Right, because we know every story where there's a hero and a heroine, they should always end up to... Romeo and Juliet, they were definitely destined to be together, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have gone better for them. They really... Staying together was good on their part, as it was for Brad and Janet. Also, can can we talk about this real quick? Brad, while labeled the hero of this film, he's not the hero of this film. It's Janet's story. We all know that this is Janet's story. You make this argument all the time. Yeah, I do think it's Janet's. She is the only one with a story arc in the movie. The stage show is different, and I have feelings about that. But in the movie, she's the only one who develops as a character in any way. And what about the stage show? What what makes it different for you in the stage show? I mean, I've only seen the stage show once. This was Justin's production, BT Dubs. It was fantastic. It felt a lot more like the story of Frankenfurter birthing his creation, Rocky, and you like taking that journey with him. And Brad and Janet just kind of felt like spectators and like, okay, they were along for the ride, but it wasn't their story. It was Frank's. Frank was the main character. The story arc was very much like the birth and death of his creation. Whereas I think in the movie here, the story arc is Janet going from from a like a goody two-shoes to a sexually empowered woman. Right. A virgin to a slut. The thing, yeah. that, the party line, right? Like, we yes. all come in as virgins. We all come out as sluts. Like, that's the story. I agree with you on that one. I think that the, uh, the stage show really hammers home the intent, which is, you know, it's a, a Frankenstein story, right? It's a story yeah. about the mad doctor. And all of the other bit players are just kind of telling his story. But okay, that is uh, the last reason that they should supposedly be perfect together. What's the last reason that they should break up? Um, The last reason they should break up, and I think this reason itself turns the article around and makes it a little poignant. Uh, We're pretty sure Janet would have stayed if she could. Interesting. Okay, you got me on that one. I'm, I'm paying attention. All right. Uh, So given the option, who knows? Maybe Brad would have remained put as well. Perhaps they would have stayed together and continued sharing separate bedrooms. All we know is that Janet was seriously hooked on Rocky and Brad was seriously hooked on something. They say what's forbidden is the most appealing to us and nothing demonstrates this more than attractive alien life. And yes, this was very uncomfortable to write. That's a stupid last sentence article. You're stupid. But... I think going back to that same thought of when we come into Rocky Horror, we come in as virgins, we leave as sluts. A lot of us would stay if we could, and we do, and continue being sluts. And I think that that's, I I don't think it's anything to be said in favor of Brad and Janet staying together or breaking up, but I've certainly seen a lot of couples, I guess, where one partner has come into a Rocky cast And it's really, really hit with them and it's really resonated and they have gone on that journey by themselves and it hasn't hit so hard with the other partner. And they fizzle out after a couple of years and they do often end up breaking up because they don't take that journey together, which I think is very interesting. And this one, you can actually point to some material that backs it up, although the article doesn't, you know, bother, right? Like, take a look at their floor show verses, right? Mm -hmm. Brad is saying... 
I am so torn up. I don't know what to do. Help me, mommy. Like, I am so confused. I don't understand who I am anymore or what my role in this world is. That's literally what Richard O'Brien is doing with this, right? He's flipping the idea of the 50s stereotypical, like, manly man and the subservient woman and allowing Brad to not be the manly man and be the one that is in control of all the situations. And Janet has her sexual awakening, her awakening as a person. That's her verse, right? Like, she's been released, her confidence has increased. Like, all of these things are really pointing to the fact that Janet did take this journey and Brad did not. Um, I think you're right. If there is one point this article makes that is actually valid, it's this one. Yeah. And I would say this is... Of all of the reasons in this article, this is the number one reason to break up because by the time the movie ends, they're not in the same place in their life anymore. And all of the other stuff, regardless of like who was into who and who sucked whose dick and were they engaged and did Brad try to protect Janet, it doesn't matter. If you're in two such different places in your life by the end of the movie, you, you don't need to be together. You need to figure your shit out. And then maybe revisit in a couple of years and see where you are. Well, if only we had a piece of media that told us, I don't know, the Brad and Janet show afterwards, right? The like, what happened after Rocky? If only there was a resolution to this that we could point to and, you know, break out of this mold. Sounds fake. It would be shocking <laughs> if that existed. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. We're, we're going to talk about shock treatment for two seconds, right? Like, this is what this is, right? Shock treatment is the should Brad and Janet have broken up? And I'm I'm not even sure if I agree with the way that that ends. I mean, I guess they do kind of take a journey, but it's less poignant. They do start in the same place of Janet being like, oh, my God, get your shit together, Brad. You're fucking embarrassing. And him being like, I just... I just want to stay boring. So at, at least it starts off in kind of a realistic place from where they would have left it. No, exactly. Like, I, I think that's what's interesting. And it's why you see this continuation through where the original version of Shock Treatment did not have Janet as the primary character. But as Shock Treatment was revised, Janet became the central character. Richard realized that it was Janet's story. And... There is one conversation that it, he published where he talked about, I don't know, this is Janet's story. What do I do? Do I just, like, change the names on the script so that Janet is saying a bunch of this stuff? Like, literally, it was realized that shock treatment needed to be Janet's story, continuing her, I have found myself, and, like, where does that naturally go? Right. Yeah. Brad's story is pretty obvious. He's a broken shell. He 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 says it in superheroes, right? Like yeah. he has no idea where to go from there. Janet clearly has some idea where she wants to go or at least what kinds of things she wants to explore after Rocky, but you never see that in the original film and that's what they tried to do with shock treatment. This was a terrible article, but it left you with some interesting shit to think about, I think. I think so. So, all right, I'm going to pose the question to you. Should Brad and Janet break up? Let's say, let's say at the end of Rocky. At the end of Rocky? Disregarding shock treatment. Should Brad and Janet break up? Uh, yes, I say yes, for the same reason that I said earlier. Because 
even if they started their adventure in similar places in their life, the way that they left the end of Rocky and the way that they left the castle, Janet was an extremely different person. And Brad was the same person <laughs> with a, a crazy weekend in Cabo that he wanted to forget about, right? Yeah, I don't think you should get married in that situation because they don't they they need to reacquaint themselves with each other janet has a bunch of fucking soul searching to do and i don't think she's in a place in her life to get married at this point so i'm gonna go off the beaten path here a little bit i do agree with you about all of that i do agree that they're in very different places at the end of rocky and i do agree that janet has a lot of things she needs to kind of work out and that brad needs some serious therapy but I don't necessarily think that means that they needed to break up because they have this shared experience that literally nobody else will ever believe them about, right? Sure, that's they, true. They have this kind of experience that only they are privy to. I feel that that binds them together into, like, not necessarily let's go get married next week, but, like, at some point we got to talk about this shit, right? You know, kind of thing. Okay, that's fair. So maybe not break up, but I I think she should give the ring back. <laughs> All right, there you go. I think that wraps us up. Janet should give the ring back, that dirty whore. I think that's our show. I think so. Guys, we want to thank you for joining us on this adventure today. Uh, it's been a little bit different. We hope you got a kick out of it. And as always, we want to thank Aaron from Tennessee for all of your hard work. Dude, you're incredible. We're going to meet Aaron soon, next month. Uh, he's coming to New York. He's coming to a bunch of our shows, and we can't wait to see him. Absolutely. If anybody out there has a question that they want us to answer on air for our Ask a Question segment, maybe some community news that you think we should talk about, or just a cool story that you want to share with the community, you know we want to include it in the show. Just go to our website, that's rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out the contact form to tell us all about it. If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, you know what to do. Help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, and that helps us grow the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on social media. We've got Facebook, we've got YouTube, we've got Instagram, and we've got a TikTok that we almost never use. And those are all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. Hell yeah. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.